0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Candid Fitness, a podcast where I share my learnings through personal stories and also invite guests to talk about their stories or share their expertise on all things fitness, which includes physical health, nutrition, workouts, mental health, self-discipline and much more. In today's episode, I share my story of recovering from a herniated disc injury. During that journey, there were many instances when I wished that I knew someone who has gone through this someone who could tell me what it feels like, someone who could guide me or at least share their lessons, someone who could make me believe that I will be fine. So in this episode, I give a detailed account of my whole experience, my mistakes, my challenges, my learnings, everything. And I sincerely hope that someone who needs to hear this finds my story. So let's jump right into it. right, let's do this. So before I start talking about my recovery phase, let me set some context around how did I suffer from a herniated disc in the first place? And I think this part is important because that will help you realize that this can happen to anyone. And if you don't prioritize your health, it can happen to you. I'm sure you would have heard this phrase many times, that health is wealth. I actually understood the meaning of this during my recovery. So as a kid, I was always very active. I used to play various sports, be it cricket or basketball or badminton. You name it and I would have at least tried it. I think being an army kid, this was one of the perks that I enjoyed the most. There were facilities available for almost everything. But when I moved to Mumbai for my college, it was not the same because all those facilities were no longer available. So I joined the gym in my college campus and I was pretty regular there. But the biggest challenge I faced there was that there were no professional trainers available. I mean, there was one guy who used to work out in the gym and he was also a part-time cleaner there. So he used to often tell people what to do and what not to do. Sometimes he would come and correct the form of spotters. But uh, he wasn't really a professional who had studied sports science or had any formal qualification to train others. And if you remember back in early 2000s, YouTube wasn't so popular. People hardly had smartphones. So access to good quality information was very rare. So I used to take guidance from people around me, mostly people who had a good physique or who seemed experienced. I just used to ask them for tips. And I mean, I used to just tell them that, you know, I'm trying to gain mass and build muscles for a good physique. So what should I do? And based on that, I think I did pretty well. I was about 66 kgs when I joined college. And by third year, I had gone up to about 78 kgs which in my opinion was pretty good. But during that same time, I had also developed some nagging back issues. And I think part of it was because of my form in the gym and partly it was also because of poor posture. But whenever I used to go to the doctor, all they used to recommend was to work on improving my posture while sitting or sometimes they would ask me to use some pain relief gel such as MOVE. And honestly, it didn't really help. So I kind of ignored it and I continued with my workouts at the gym as usual and i used to work really hard and eventually as i said i did get a good physique but never really bothered to get any professional help fast forward to a few years later i moved to bangalore and started working again i was fortunate that i had a gym in my office building so i made use of that but there wasn't any trainer there so i continued my workout based on my prior knowledge and whatever i could learn from the internet you know youtube videos and blogs and i was pretty consistent during those days so, a few years later, I think it was 2014 when I moved to Sydney. And again, I was quite active in the gym, doing things on my own like I used to do earlier. Only change now was that slowly with time, the workouts had become a bit erratic. So, sometimes I would be regular for 3-4 weeks and then I would take a break of say a month. And then suddenly I would go back to gym and start lifting really heavy weights. So, there was this one time and I clearly remember it because that's where this whole thing started. So I was back in gym after a few weeks of break and I was doing decline leg press with about 80 kgs of weight. And next set, I increased it to 90. And I felt that was pretty challenging. But then in excitement, I was like, let's give 100 kgs a try. I've never done that before. So that will be a new milestone. And you know, something amazing. So I did that. And while doing fourth or fifth rep, I suddenly felt a sharp pain in the right side of my lower back. So I stopped and I was like, this could be a strain. So let's just slow down. And I don't know why, but I started doing box jumps after that. Again, this is one of those times when I was not following any exercise program. I was just randomly doing exercises. And it was like, okay, today's leg day. So let's do everything I can do that will make my legs sore the next day. So absolutely no science in what I was doing. And so while I was doing box jumps, I felt that sharp pain again. And this time I was positive that it's some kind of a tear. So I stopped working out that day. And then It became more like a regular nagging pain in that same place. You know, somewhere right side of my lower back. But the stupid thing was, even after all this, I didn't bother to go to a doctor or physio. I was like, who will make the effort of finding a good doctor in Sydney? Plus, it's going to be costly. So let's just take rest for a few days and it should be fine. And a lot of us do this at that age. I was 26 and in retrospect, it was one of the worst decisions of my life. So my advice to anyone who's suffering from an injury, if it hasn't healed completely within two weeks, please go to a professional. Take it very seriously because there's a high chance that it can get worse and then you'll have to spend 10x the amount of time and money on that same thing. So for the next couple of months, I was on and off in the gym, doing some cardio and light workout. And I was basically hoping that magically my injury will heal someday and I'll start working out properly after that. And so the next time I went to India, to visit my parents in Delhi. My mom dragged me to a family physio and he assessed my case and prescribed few exercises for rehab. I was in Delhi only for two weeks. So he asked me to continue with those exercises and give him a call after five to six weeks as an update and then he would tell me the next steps. So I went back to Sydney, continued the rehab workout. And after about four weeks, I felt much better. So then I was like, great, I have recovered now. And so I stopped those exercises and went back to gym doing my usual weight training. Now, this was a big mistake. I think most people do that. We just assume that we have recovered and then get back to our old routine. But the thing is, injuries take time to heal. And when we are trying to recover through increasing range of motion and strengthening our muscles, it can take even longer. So if you feel that you have recovered 70-80%, to I don't think that's enough. Even if you want to take a call on your own, you should be in a position where whichever body part you injured should feel much stronger than what it was pre-injury. And it's always safe to consult your doctor or physiotherapist and let them take a call as to when you can finish performing a re- rehab process or when can you get back to gym and increase your intensity. So obviously a few weeks into the gym and I realized my injury is acting up. So I started my rehab exercise again and then after a few weeks I felt better. So I went back to gym. And this cycle continued for a few weeks where I would be doing weight training for a few weeks and then. I would get back to my rehab exercises whenever I start feeling that back pain again. I don't know what I was thinking at that time, but now when I look back, all that seems pretty stupid. So afterwards, sometime in August 2016, I moved to Brisbane for work. It was a new role, new city, new apartment. I was going through a lot of changes. So naturally I wasn't getting a lot of time to work out and my stress levels were also pretty high. And there was a gym in my building. So I used to go there sometimes in the morning to do some stretches and possibly do some weight training based on how I feel. And one of the days I was stretching in the morning and I started feeling a really sharp pain in that same spot. You know, right side of my lower back. So I was like, I can't continue any longer. And so I went back home, took a shower, got dressed and I started walking towards work. And after about 200-300 meters, I just couldn't walk anymore. I mean, it was like my legs didn't have enough strength to go on. And my back was hurting really bad. So I went back home and I took off that day. Next day, it was worse. So I went to a general practitioner and he did some physical tests and he said there's no need to worry, just a lumbar strain. And he asked me to take rest for a few days and gave me some painkillers for relief. And the next few days, it just got worse. I mean, it was so bad that I could feel a sharp pain with even the slightest of movements. Like it was painful while getting in and out of the bed, when I used to sit down or stand up. Even while laughing, that was the worst thing. It's like I'm talking to someone on the phone and I can't even laugh really. Because as soon as I laugh, it used to hurt really bad. So this went on for more than a week. And then fortunately, I was supposed to fly back to Delhi for Diwali. So I somehow reached Delhi with all that pain. And obviously, sitting in that flight for 17 hours did not help. It made it worse. And so the next day, I directly went for an MRI scan. And it was pretty clear in the report that I had herniated discs in both thoracic and lumbar spine. So, a bit of anatomy lesson here. Thoracic is your upper or mid-back, which starts just below your neck and ends very close to the height where your ribs end. And it has about 12 vertebrae stacked on top of each other. So, if you touch your backbone, you'll notice the bones are not long and single like how you have in your arms or legs. They are like small bones stacked on top of each other and they're separated by a soft jelly-like structure called intervertebral disc, which acts as a shock absorber as you move your spine. And when a herniated disc happens, Some of that jelly-like structure pushes out from in between your vertebrae columns and sometimes it starts irritating the nerves on the spinal cord so you would also sometimes feel like a tingling sensation in your thighs or calves area so anyway i'm sure you can find all this on google if you want to know more so after receiving my reports i went to my chacha my dad's brother he's an orthopedic surgeon so i went to him for advice and while examining me he asked me to lie down on my back and lift my right leg up keeping my knee straight And typically, people can lift at least 70 to 80 degrees. If your hamstrings are flexible, then some can even go beyond 90 degrees. But in my case, I couldn't lift beyond 40 degrees. It was really painful. So then he told me that this is quite serious and you'll need to work really hard to completely recover. But luckily, there was no nerve impingement as such. So he said surgery may not be required. And typically, for someone your age, it is not recommended to go for surgery anyway. So it's best to go to a sports physiotherapist and get the rehab done. So this was the beginning of my recovery journey. I went to a family physio. His name is Dr. Chandan Chavla. He runs a physiotherapy and rehabilitation center called Ability Physiotherapy Clinic. And it's quite popular. They have it at multiple locations in Delhi. So I went to him and firstly, he scolded me for being irregular and doing all sorts of random stuff in the gym. And then he gave me this assurance that, you know, if you work hard, you will eventually recover. But at least for next one year, forget about going to the gym. And I was so disappointed to hear that because in my head, I was thinking maybe a few weeks or a couple of months, but I couldn't imagine not going to the gym for one complete year. So it was very heartbreaking and a very hopeless feeling, to be honest. So next few weeks, I was on almost bed rest. I was told not to sit or stand for more than 30 minutes. And I used to start getting backache after just 15 to 20 minutes. So it was pretty painful and I couldn't even walk much. And lifting anything beyond 2 to 3 kgs was a big task. So I was in a pretty bad state. And for those 6 to 8 weeks, I was going for daily physio. And I was pretty much lying down all the time, thinking about why this had to happen to me, and when will I recover, or if I will ever recover. I can't really express that feeling in words, but I think I was very close to getting depressed. And I think it was after the third week that I started reading this book called Old Path, White Clouds. It's a book by Thich Nhat Hanh, a Vietnamese monk, and it's a story on the life of Gautam Buddha, and it's a brilliant book. But what happened during that time was that, first of all, I'm not a voracious reader, so I used to read 5 to 10 pages a day, which for someone like me was a big achievement during those days. So every day I used to read a few pages, and it used to give me a sense of satisfaction that, yes, today I have done something useful. So unknowingly, I think I was actually triggering the dopamine release by making incremental progress towards something and by registering a small win every day. So that gave me something to look forward to. But I still used to feel helpless and hopeless most of the times, especially when, you know, for simple things like lifting a bag or getting something from the market, I used to ask my dad for help. So I used to think, you know, my parents are getting older and this should be my age to help them. But in turn, I'm the one who's asking for help. So it used to be a very crappy feeling. So this went on for a few weeks and I think it was seventh or eighth week when things had gotten a bit better and I was able to walk about a kilometer at a stretch. And this was also the time when I had actually accepted, or you can say internalized what had happened and the fact that I need to fight this and work hard towards my recovery. Because until then I still had that victim mentality, you know, that I don't deserve this. And I was just constantly feeling bad and blaming my circumstances, that why does everything have to be so hard for me? And Why is it that I am suffering so much? So then the shift to a fighter mentality was a real game changer for me. Because then I was constantly thinking, what can I do to get better and recover faster? And my whole perspective towards everything changed. And I started looking at the bright side. Obviously, I was still going through a lot. It's not that everything was back to normal. But mentally, I was in a much better place. And I also started appreciating all the good things in my life. Like, for example, I started appreciating how fortunate I was to find a really good physio who knew what he was doing and someone I could trust. And also the fact that my company allowed me to extend my vacation. Obviously, my manager at that time, his name is Sachin, had a big role to play in that. But even better, he somehow made sure that no one else from my organization bothered me during that time. You know how sometimes HRs keep calling you to check on you? That did not happen. So I started appreciating all the good things and sort of developed that self belief that I will be fine and I will recover soon. And that was also the time when I started taking keen interest in learning about nutrition because few weeks after my injury I started putting on weight because obviously my activity level had suddenly dropped to zero. So with time I had to make a lot of changes to my eating habits just to make sure that I stay lean and fortunately I did. So anyway, my vacation ended and in December, I went back to Brisbane and my physio had given me a set of rehab exercises and the plan was to keep doing those continuously. So we used to have a call once a month where I used to share progress and based on that, he used to recommend next steps. Now, initially, I started working from home. I did that for about a month and then I started going to office two, three times a week. Now, going back to office was a big challenge for me. And partly it was because the average age at my workplace was about 40 years. So I had always been one of the youngest in the group. And it was quite embarrassing that, you know, everyone much older than me is going to ask how I'm doing and if I'm feeling better. So I was not looking forward to that. And it was awkward when I went back to work because everyone was extra nice and they were feeling sorry for me. And in my head, I was like, I don't need this pity. And so that's the time when I realized that, you know, when someone has a disability, they don't want you to help them or talk to them any differently because they get that all the time. So unless they ask for help, don't try to extend help. What they really need is someone to make them feel normal and treat them as equal. So anyway, in my case, I had just started to recover. So I was still supposed to lie down every two to three hours. So the first thing I did was to find a medical room. And fortunately, there was one in my building, and it had a bed. So during office hours, I used to make sure that I go there and lie down for 10-15 minutes regularly. So a lot of my colleagues and clients knew about it, and gradually it started feeling normal. But it was a bit embarrassing initially, especially when I had to tell people that, you know, I'm going downstairs to lie down for a bit, so I won't be available for a while. And even the rehab regime that I used to do at home was quite time-consuming. So there was one point in time when I was supposed to do 45 minutes of exercises twice a day, plus six to seven kilometers of walk spread throughout the day. So I used to wake up in the morning and do my first set, and then the second set used to be in the evening after work. And for walks, my office was about two kilometers away. So I used to do at least four kilometers during the commute, and then most of the days I used to try and go for a walk at night, possibly after dinner. But then I was very committed to this. Like, this had become a non-negotiable part of my daily routine. I remember there were days when there used to be workoutings in the evening, a dinner or something. Even then, I used to go back home, do my exercises, and then come back to attend the work event. So that was the kind of dedication I had when it comes to my health. And this time, I was damn serious about this because I had suffered a lot. So I was not ready to take anything for granted. So I decided this in my mind that I will do whatever my physio asked me to do, and I will do it consistently for as long as I have to. So this continued for about 18 months. And during this time, my entire focus was on consistency and continuity. I was not even thinking about gym during this time or what my body fat percentage is or how my body looks aesthetically. Because obviously, I had a lot of muscle mass during this time. But that didn't even occur to me. I was just focused on what I had to do. And then came a time when my physio himself told me that now you need to start lifting some weights. Because all this while, he had been working on building my core strength and basic mobility. So he gave me certain exercises. Again, the purpose was similar, which is to build core strength and stability. But this time, it involved free weights. So for example, he asked me to do exercises like unilateral farmer's walk, waiter's walk, landmine press. And then he also gave me this flexibility to gradually start doing weight training if I want to. And by that time, because I had been doing bodyweight exercises, I had sort of developed a liking for them. So I decided I'll continue doing bodyweight workouts. And I also did some research on the internet and I was convinced that bodyweight workouts are good enough to keep you fit. In fact, one can even build muscles just by using their bodyweight. And I was also of the opinion that the chances of injury are much lower when you do bodyweight training. Much later when I became a coach, I realized that there are three most common reasons that lead to injuries. First one is incorrect form. Second is when you try to progress too fast and push yourself more than you should. And the third and lesser known reason is when you overtrain. It's when you're too sore and haven't recovered from your previous workout and you still try to push through that soreness. So moving on, I continue to focus on my body weight movement training and you won't believe it. Before my injury, I could hardly perform one pull-up. Sometimes maybe two at max. But after that long 18 months rehab, The first time I tried pull-ups, I could do five. I was so excited and happy about this. I mean, it was unbelievable. I can't really express it in words, but it was out of this world. Here I was, 18 months back, injured, unable to walk or lift anything. And now I could lift my entire body using my arms. And what I realized from that experience was that, obviously, I used to lift weights earlier, so my shoulders were pretty strong. But what I lacked was this core strength. And those who follow me on social media would have noticed that I always talk about core engagement, core stability, building core strength, and it is so important to work on your core because whatever you do, be it pull-ups or push-ups or squats, or even day-to-day activities such as walking or sitting or bending to pick something up, engaging your core and having that ability to control the movement of the core is really critical. Because that ensures that you don't put excessive pressure on your spine. So it's really important to focus on learning that. And so my advice to anyone who is suffering from back issues is to work on your core strength and stability. And you will notice that a lot of things will automatically start falling in place. And of course, maintaining regular day-to-day movement, especially for those who sit for long hours, is another thing to be mindful of. And one more thing I did during this whole recovery phase, which may not be so critical, but since I'm sharing my story, I think it's important. So my bed was not very comfortable. I mean, it was too soft. So I started sleeping on the floor. I mean, I started with sleeping on a bed sheet on the floor, but it was too hard. So I remember first night I slept and my bum was really sore the next day. So then I purchased a yoga mat and I tried that, but that was hard too. So eventually I had a layer of four yoga mats and I used to sleep on that. I know I could have purchased those ortho mattresses, but I was living in a furnished apartment and ortho mattresses were quite expensive in Australia. So I didn't feel that it was worth the money. And I don't think everyone necessarily needs to do that. But if you feel that, you know, your bed doesn't support your back properly, I think this could be an option you can explore. Either purchase an ortho mattress or make some makeshift arrangement of sleeping on the floor like I did. So to summarize the learnings from this whole experience, uh, let me first start with the three mistakes that everyone should avoid when it comes to managing injuries or chronic pains. So the first one is making sure that you consider your health a priority. And so if you ever get injured or experience chronic pain, which doesn't heal completely within two to three weeks, make sure you visit an appropriate health professional. There's no point saving time or money for these things. If you look at my experience, I went for daily physio sessions for six weeks and then some bi-weekly sessions as well. So I did more than 50 sessions in total. Imagine if I would have taken this seriously in the beginning itself. I would have saved so much of time and money, plus all the emotional trauma I had to go through. So don't make the mistake of taking your injuries lightly. Second one is about completing the whole course. So once you get a consultation from a doctor or any other professional, make sure you follow through and don't make the mistake of stopping halfway through. You may feel slightly better, but that's not enough. So listen to your doctor and discontinue your rehab only once you feel much stronger than what you were before your injury. And the third one is, don't make the mistake of neglecting your core strength. A lot of times, especially when we are young, we tend to focus on aesthetics or how our body looks. So shoulders, biceps, chest, For women, there tends to be a focus on glutes. Then in the process, we neglect the foundational strength. We don't work on our core, the upper back, legs. And as a result, we become more susceptible to injuries. So focus on mastering some of those basic movements, such as squats, lunges, planks, push-ups, horizontal pulling, vertical pulling. Things that are simple and things that recruit more muscle groups. So that will help you build that foundational strength which will make you stronger in the long run. Now, when it comes to my learnings on how to deal with an injury, there are five key takeaways. First one is understanding that consistency is the key. And if you work towards your goals and stay consistent, even 80% of the time, you will eventually get there. And I think the key to stay consistent is by focusing on the process of doing certain activities and to keep pushing through without worrying too much about the outcomes. In my case, I was consistently doing my rehab exercises without thinking too much about when exactly will I recover. So I was working towards the goal of recovery, but my measure of success was in being consistent. And I think that's what made it possible. Because if you come to think of it, 18 months is a very long time to stay motivated, especially if you're constantly thinking about your end results. So focus on being consistent. And a good way to do that is by building non-negotiable habits. It's like brushing your teeth or taking a shower. I mean, you can't take a break from them for too long, right? So I had built an exercise routine, which I used to follow diligently. And that allowed me to stay on track and continue for as long as it was needed. So build habits and focus on staying consistent. The second learning for me was understanding that nutrition is equally important for long-term health. I think I was lucky that I realized this early on, so I didn't gain much weight. But a lot of people tend to gain weight doing injuries and that can lead to numerous other issues including some emotional ones such as self-loathing or sometimes even depression because you're already going through a lot. So consciously working on developing certain healthy eating habits can make a huge difference. My third learning was, and this one was really a game changer for me, it was changing my mindset from a victim mentality to a fighter mentality. And I think since then I've applied this to all the setbacks that I have faced because then you stop brooding over why this has happened to you and start focusing on how can you solve your problem? What can you do to make things better? And from a healing perspective, I think that mindset shift tells your brain that you need to recover. And then the entire body starts responding and starts working towards recovery. And as an individual, we also start taking the necessary actions. And to get there, I think the first step is acceptance. Not just knowing, but actually accepting the current situation that something unexpected has happened and now I need to deal with it. So it's really important to get that mindset. Now, the fourth learning for me was about finding the right medical professional and then having complete trust in their process. And in my case, it was my physiotherapist. I had complete trust in him and so I was able to follow whatever he asked me. And when I say physiotherapist, don't go for the ones that treat you using electrotherapy or heat therapy where they apply a hot water bottle or generate heat via ultrasound. I would even avoid cryotherapy that uses just ice packs or ice massages for relief. I mean, they are good for short-term relief, but for long-term, I think movement or exercise-based rehabilitation are most effective. So make sure you ask all these questions when you go to a physical therapist because your aim is to completely recover, right? And then once you find the right fit, then you just have to trust them and the process that they take you through. And eventually you will get there. Because again, depending on the kind of injury, sometimes it can take really long to heal. So unless you have complete faith in the process, it will be really hard for you to patiently wait and continue going through that rehab process. And if you keep jumping from one physio to another, then it will be a challenge because everyone has their own style. So every time you go to a new physio, it will be like starting over. So, trusting your doctor or whoever you are working with will give you that confidence to keep pushing through. And hopefully you will recover sooner. The last learning for me was around the support structure that we have in our lives. We often underestimate the support of our friends and loved ones, but I think that's super critical. I cannot express how supportive my family was during this entire phase, especially my parents. I mean, they helped me in every possible way and there were quite a few friends whom i used to talk to during that period and without their genuine support this journey would have been much much harder so while we know that at the end of the day it's our own effort and dedication it's also important to appreciate the support we get from others and ask for help there's no shame in reaching out to a friend or colleague and ask for their help if you feel lost or even if you want to just talk to someone because it's those small things that really make a difference And by all means, avoid getting injured in the first place. All these things that I talked about can be avoided if you can just be more mindful about what we are doing. Listen to your body and stop when you feel that it's getting too much. Don't try to go too fast because everything takes time. And please take professional help. It's always good to learn the basics and then you can always improvise on your own. But getting those basics right is really important. I see so many people making mistakes even with most fundamental movements like push-ups or squats or deadlifts so try to master the techniques for at least those movements first and then you can try other things on your own and then lastly try not to push through when you're feeling sore overtraining is one of the most common causes of injury we often feel that we're not doing enough but i think our body gives us enough signals so listen to your body so i think i've rambled enough and I hope it gives you some perspective of my learnings and what my recovery process was like. For those listening and have suffered from an injury or know someone who is going through one, I sincerely hope that my story helps you realize that you're not alone in this. There are many like you and me who have gone through various injuries, but have eventually come out of it. So hopefully this will give you that resilience to fight through it. While I was suffering from my back injury, I tried a lot to find stories that detail out what a person goes through during the recovery process. And I just couldn't find one. So make sure you share this with your network so that someone who needs to hear this finds my story. And if you have any further questions, feel free to connect with me on social media. I've provided all my links in the description. I post a lot of my workouts on Instagram. So scrolling through that will also give you a sense of how far I've come after that whole experience. So check it out. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and I'll see you in next episode. Until then, take care and be awesome.